Let's be still as just to come to God now as we think of his word to us. Lord, we bless you that you are present among us across the cultures, across the generations, in our midst. Where you've promised where two or three gather in your name, there are you in the midst. And we pray that by your spirit you'd speak to us afresh, that Lord Jesus, you would teach us to pray as you taught your disciples. Amen. So this introductory week is really about the theme, why pray? And I just want to reflect on nature, first of all. And I, when I think of birds, what are they made for? Well, they're made to fly, primarily. When you think of fish, well, what are they made for? They're made to swim. And then I thought of penguins. Well, I don't know why I thought of penguins, but I did think of penguins and I thought, what are they made for? Well, I was a bit puzzled because they tend to sort of, on the land, they sort of waddle. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I have been on YouTube and there's plenty of things you can look to how to do the waddle of a penguin. So I'm not going to give you a lesson now. You can go there. But they do tend to waddle on the land and sometimes they fall over. It's really funny. But when they're in the sea, then you see what they are made for. They fly through the water gracefully. They're free, they're alive, they're in their element. And you think, yes, that's who they really are. That's what they were made for. And so when you think about us as human beings, the question follows, what are we made for? What, what is our element? When are we free and alive and at our fullest? You have to go back to the 5th century, to a very complicated person called St. Augustine, who was what you might call these days a bit of a sex addict. <laughs> he was in a very bad place when he was... Uh, in his early 20s, and he, by his own confessions, he would say that he could hardly look at a woman without being filled with lust, and he had mistress, and he had all sorts of issues with addiction to lust and sex. He came to the point where he knew that this was not what he was made for. He came to that realization also that it was only Christ that could set him free from this way of life that was leading him in misery. And he had an experience in a garden in Milan where he heard this child, right on cue, <laughs> saying, and he thought he was saying, pick up and read. Pick up and read. And there was a book nearby and it was called the Bible and he picked it up and he opened it he thought this was a word from God and he opened it to Romans 13 and it said clothe yourselves therefore in the Lord Jesus Christ and it was at that point that he discovered 
that it really was the God who was alive and living, resurrected in Christ Jesus, that was able to come into his life and to rescue him from this stuff that was dragging him into a life that was worse than waddling about like a penguin. And he became one of the greatest theologians that has ever lived. But he summed up his experience and his understanding of God, the Almighty, the All-Awesome, in a simple phrase, which is very memorable, and I'm sure many of you will know it. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. Our hearts are restless till they find their rest in. We are made as human beings for relationship with God. That's the bottom line. And the earliest writings of the Bible and the book of Genesis speak of this relationship with God. That's what we're created for in his image, to have that communion with him, to enjoy being in his presence in his garden and know his love in all purity. Now, a penguin is still a penguin if it's waddling about on the land. But it's in its element when it's in the water. A human being is still a human being as it lives life without any regard to Jesus Christ or any communication with God. But when that starts to happen, a whole new dimension, a whole new element can be entered into. And Jesus was clearly fully alive. He was someone who came to bring life and to exemplify what life was about. He was free. He was in his element as a human being. He was clearly in relationship with his heavenly father. And his disciples saw this. They lived with him. They experienced it. And they wanted to be like him. They wanted to know what it meant to be fully alive as Jesus was. And he saw how he spoke with his father and listened to his father in this dynamic relationship of love. And they came to him one day and they said, Lord, would you teach us how to be like that with the father? Would you teach us to pray? And I might say for once, Jesus gave them a clear answer. <laughs> He didn't say, think about this question or then this parable, but he just gave them some straightforward teaching. We're going to hear that teaching now from Angie, just a short passage from Luke chapter 11. Thanks. Jesus' teaching on prayer. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. 
and lead us not into temptation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, the Lord's Prayer. Our question at the start of 2020 is that we want to live in that element, to be alive and free, to be who we are, and to learn how to live with that clarity of vision. And so in Jesus' time, his experience of prayer led him to conclude that the way forward in prayer is to be very simple, to be very clear, and to be very succinct. He said to them, to start with addressing God as Father. In that personal way, in that way that enables him to build a relationship. Not in some impersonal, distant way, but to come and say, Father, our Father. By saying, our Father, he's stressing the fact that this is not a private relationship. It is one that is shared with other people, God's children all over the world. The Lord's Prayer is in many ways a model for prayer. It teaches us what to pray. It takes us also on a journey through how to pray. It's also a map for prayer. This prayer begins with this personal relationship with God, but it goes on to recognize that the God we speak with is holy, is someone to be revered. Our God is an awesome God who reigns. So we pray, hallowed be your name. He teaches his disciples to seek God's ways for the world, to seek his kingdom, the way it is when God is in charge. He says, don't be afraid to pray for the ordinary things of life, for your practical needs. And don't worry about the future because you are thinking of your daily bread, not bread for the future. Don't store up stuff for the rainy day, but to be content with what you have. And recognize that God is the forgiving God who forgives you and releases forgiveness in you and through you to others so that the kingdom becomes one where life is one of forgiven sin and freedom from guilt, delivering us from all that is evil, indeed the evil one, because he said you in this world you are surrounded by the forces of darkness, but you are to shine as lights in that world. And so over the next eight weeks, we're going to be listening and learning from Jesus as to how to pray so that we might live more fully in that relationship with our Heavenly Father, a relationship which is intimate and personal, but is also a corporate one that we share with our brothers and sisters from Uganda or China or Zambia or the Netherlands, Finland, wherever it might be. A worldwide family united in God through prayer. 
Now, there are so many things that can help us in that journey, but we've chosen to focus on this fairly new resource called How to Pray that we spoke of, or Sean spoke of, when we first looked at what it meant to be a, prayer, a passionate a church that was passionate to pray. And lots of people, it caught lots of people's imagination, and many people have read it already. And we're going to use this as a source for our teaching and for our small groups and taking forward the studies that we'll be doing on prayer. And it's full of great advice, great little snippets. Let me give you one example. In the first chapter, Pete Gregg, who is the person who oversees that 24-7 movement, prayer movement all over the world, he says three simple things about prayer. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. I love that, don't you? Keep it simple, keep it real. In other words, you don't have to be complicated in your prayers, just pray you know, normally. This is a guide for normal people, whoever they are, so I don't know why it's so relevant for us, but anyway. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, just keep it simple, stupid. Didn't use that last word, but kiss. Keep it real, be honest. You know, use your own word, just Go to God with your struggles, as we heard from Becky. Just go to God. Say it as it is. But keep it up. Make it a habit. Make it a principle that you can take forward in your day. The principle of replacement is very useful here. If you want to find, how am I going to spend more time in prayer? Well, you don't have to spend more time in prayer. You just have to move something else gradually out of your time in order to create fresh time for prayer. I was talking to somebody a little while ago who um, had a, a, a habit of going on social media all the time and he spent the last sort of 20 minutes of his day in his bed just before he went to sleep. He was on social media. And I said, well, why do you do that? And uh, he said, well, I just find it interesting and I, it helps me to get to sleep. I said, well, do you have to do it? No, I don't have to do it. Sometimes some funny thoughts come and some horrible messages. So why don't you just replace that time with a simple pattern of prayer? And I talked to him about that simple sort of keeping it, keeping it simple, keeping it real, keeping it, keeping it up. And now I think he's in a much better place. He hasn't spent any more time in his life. He's just replaced something that he was doing. Pete Gregg is full of very helpful things. Another example would be the way in which he can, we can reflect on the day. If we're ever short of wanting to think what we can pray about, he suggests we use a thing that Ignatius of Loyola made popular in the 16th century, the prayer of examine, where you simply look and review the day. He takes the dogs out for a, a wee in the, whatever they do in the garden before he goes to bed, and he spends five minutes doing this. You could do it on your way back from work or whatever suits you. Replay, rejoice, repent, and reboot. You replay the day, think back over the day, rejoice in what's been really fantastic. You've seen God at work and, and your own sense of value has been recognized. You can repent of the things that you know you wished you hadn't done, and you can reboot. Just say, Lord, I'm not going to go down that road again. I'm going to have a new start tomorrow, and here I go. Please help me. Very simple. Replay, rejoice, repent, and reboot. Those are examples of how we can pray in simple ways.
And we have all sorts of resources available to do that. And this little shelf, set of shelves here, is from the tool shed that we've brought with us. And Sean, in a moment, is going to say a couple of words about that. But I wonder what 2020 will bring. You know, when, as I deeply, deeply do feel, God calls a church to pray, he is wanting to move us into something that is far deeper and far greater and far more empowering than anything else we've done before. And I honestly believe we are called as a church to be a prayerful church in a way we've never been before, to equip one another and to learn in this time, over these two months, what it means to pray. And therefore, as we become more alive to God's Spirit, as we become more in our element as human beings, we will discover in a fresh way what it really means to pray, what it really means to become what we are fully called to be as human beings, what we are made for. And through prayer, God's purpose for the world might be taken forward, that his kingdom might come and his will might be done. So let's go on that journey together and let's discover what God has for us, which is beyond all knowing. Amen.